Peace and blessings and welcome to a new episode of ANN on R&B podcast presented by HeritageHipHop.com. This is R&B conversation with a hip hop soul. We ask that you follow us on all social media at A-N-N-O-N-R-N-B. That's A-N-N on R&B on social media and on our YouTube page for the visual of this recording at A-N-N on R&B. Today, we have an outstanding artist and fashion mogul. We're talking about someone who sings, someone who acts, and someone who presents her own style when it comes to showing up at an event. We're talking to Dre and Nicole, the beautiful bully, the one that will sing to you and also muscle you into submission. She's gorgeous and her voice is amazing. And we want you to check out this live interview. So make sure you stay tuned and I'll come back with the rest of my commentary when this interview is finished. Welcome back to a and This is great R&B conversation with a hip-hop soul. First and foremost, we'd like to thank you for watching the show. And we asked everybody that you hit the like button, comment, share the video, and subscribe to the channel. Hit the bell for notifications and know that tonight is a very special night because we got one of the faces of R&B that everybody should know because not only is keeping the morality in the music, but keeping the purpose in the music very important. Before we bring in our guests, we'd like the host to introduce themselves. You know who I am already, Karev Heritage Hip Hop. And to my left is... You got your man, Nas Romantic, here with you. And also we have... It's your man, Adiar, Big A. And ladies and gentlemen, without further ado, i like to bring to you someone who sings from her soul, sings from her love, and sings from her purpose. And her purpose is not to make us happy, it's to fulfill God's wishes through her integrity and her creativity. And with that being said, I'd like to bring up on the stage, please introduce yourself to the people. Hey everybody, it's your girl Dre and Nicole, straight out of Brooklyn, New York, R&B, soul songstress, singer, songwriter, uh, entrepreneur, actress, slash, 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 all the above. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, well, you're Jamaican you're... girl. Uh-oh. No, I am not. But <laughs> okay. I'm born and raised in Brooklyn. That is the next uh. best thing. <laughs> <laughs> so, everybody so out there. So, Wagwan. Ah. Nicole is a singer uh, who not only has changed everyone's perception of real music because she sings with a purpose. We want her to talk to us about. Not only who she is, but I want to give a shout out to her and her son. Where's my man at? Where's my boy at? Oh, he's at his dad's house right now. <laughs> he is not here, but right. he does send his love. I see. I would have wore the Heritage Hip Hop T-shirt, but he got it. He jacked me for it. So. <laughs> it's all good. We got more. We got no new more. colors. And hey, we got new colors and new things. So we'll send you another one. No problem. But. To let you know what the show is about, this show is R&B Conversation with a Hip Hop Soul, and we talk about real life things as well as highlight you as an artist because we feel if people don't know who you are, then they won't be able to fully connect and appreciate what you sound. So these gentlemen were introduced to you. I mean, me and you already, you know, <laughs> I've introduced them to your music, and I can't wait to hear the questions that they have. So oh, I'm going to... I'm going to pass the mic over to my bro, Big Nas, and we're going to put you on the stage. And Nas, go ahead, man. Let her know about herself and what you think about her music. 
I see you already bossed up, man. I already, I already heard in your introduction, you an entrepreneur, man, singer, songwriter. Um, I want to ask you, like, like, how important is it for you not to have all your eggs in one basket? Because you're not just a singer; you have your own business, and you're also acting in a um in the stage play. Am I correct? Yes, yes, and we debuted the stage play last night, but um. How important is it? I think it's very important because, you know, I just feel like if I'm blessed with these gifts, right? Mm -hmm. I'm blessed with the gift to be able to sing. I'm blessed with the gift to be able to write. I'm blessed with the gift to be able to act. Um, the entrepreneur side, that's something that was learned from my mom. But if I'm blessed with these gifts, I'm supposed to walk in the purpose of these gifts. So if the opportunity comes across, where it's like, hey, you know, like um, I'm part of a TV show called Addicted to Shoes. Now they put out an APB on Instagram for R&B singer. All right, cool. I do that. Let me go to the audition, right? <laughs> go to the audition. And they was like, oh, we want you to read for one of the parts. It's not what it came here for, but you know what? God said. Mm -hmm. that's, that's <laughs> and so I do it, and then I, I got a part. Yeah, you know, I just it's it's just in me. I'm supposed to use these gifts, mm -hmm. so I'm not going to turn down the opportunity to use them. Right, right, right. That's that's dope, man. All right, hey, that's pick dope. up. Well, you know, opportunities come a, a ball of batch. Um, I was actually curious, how did you come up with the track listing? for musical therapy. Uh, whoo, musical yeah. therapy was a labor of love, but it basically, musical therapy is a, really about my marriage and um, a little bit about life after it. I was married, got divorced. Um, there was infidelity, there was lies. You could tell which songs apply to that. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's how I'm right. Yeah, with musical therapy, I kind of wanted to tell a story. You know, you got the beginnings of love, like with songs like Homecoming. Um, you got when I was coming out of it and hitting back into the dating world. Uh, that's what disclaimer reflects. You know, now I'm back in this dating pool, and I'm telling people, look, I'm not about turning it up. I'm not about to be sitting up in the club with you all night. That, that's not what I do. You know what I mean? Um, you got the songs You Made Me, which tells about the turmoil in the, the middle of all the things where he was, you know, trying to tell me I'm changing. No, you made me change. Like, mm. I'm adapting to my environment. Right now, you know what I'm saying? So don't get mad at me. You made me. You made it this way. You set this precedent. Mm -hmm. You're supposed to be the leader of the household, but you let us down this road. Mm -hmm. You know, so it, it's just like, oh, it was such a labor of love. So much was going on during that time. It actually came out two years after it was supposed to because at the same time, my divorce happened. My mom passed away, and I was like, "Oh wow!" That so, yeah. like, when I think of musical therapy, I'm just like, "Yeah." I'm just glad that it came to fruition because <laughs> some days wow. I wasn't sure. <laughs> wow! 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 It's a lot. It's definitely a lot. Yeah. 
Yeah, but it's definitely my baby. And it's crazy Mm. because my my son, when he was in school, my oldest, not the little one that you know, Karev, my my older guy, um, when he was in school, he wrote a stage play called Really? At the same time that I was writing my album. And his stage play is called Musical Therapy. He wrote a musical about his life. And I was, and we didn't know. I didn't know what he was going to title the play. He didn't know why I was titling my album. So he was, he was like, uh, yeah, I, w- I want to title my play. No, his play was music therapy. He was like, I want to title my play music therapy. I was like, no, you don't. And he was like, uh, yes, uh, I, uh, I was like, but my album is going to be called musical therapy. <laughs> <laughs> Damn, talk like, about being on one accord. But you know, I guess great minds think alike. Shout out to my baby Isaiah and shout out to my little man Kev. That's what's up. That's what's up. That's what's up. Since then, how do you feel like you evolved? You know, because I mean, obviously, you had real life changing things happening all around you and it, you know, molded you from what you are to what you are right now. And, you know, mm-hmm. it helped guide you in that direction. How do you feel different? I just feel like um, everything that happened in that time just gave me more conviction to move in my purpose. I guess you could say, because like, I know that uh, my mom wouldn't want me to be stagnant because those things really like almost took me out. Mm, yeah. I ain't going to lie. Those things almost took me out. And... Then a couple of years after my best friend passed away. So it was just like all these things was, oh, I'm about to get emotional. All these things was like piling up on me at one time. And I just, I wasn't sure, but I just knew that if I gave up, I would be disappointing them. Mm. My mom, my best friend, I would be disappointing them. Cause they really truly believed in me. So I couldn't do that. And in that time, like I just did so many things. I, I remember going through my mom's stuff and I uh, was reading her journal. I came across her journal and I didn't realize how much she admired um, my um, self-esteem mm. because at the time, like I was over 300 pounds at one point. Oh, wow. But, I had the self-esteem of a chick that was a buck 25, but you couldn't tell me nothing. But it was because of my mom. Like, my mom always dressed well. She was overweight as well, but she always dressed well, always had her hair done. Like, so I was like, uh, we cute. I don't know what I don't know what the problem is. We cute. I never I never <laughs> had to go looking for a man. I never had to be without a man. Like, I don't okay. understand what the problem is. This this was my mindset. But I read her journal and I didn't realize how much the weight bothered her, how much Mm. insecurities it gave her. But she never showed that to me. And she instilled so much confidence in me that like Mm. spilled it over into everything. Like my mom would never go on stage to do anything. You couldn't pay her. I had to beg her to join the choir in church at one point. (laughs) And I was like, come on, let's do this together. And she was like, I do not sing. I was like, Ma, you the alto. You good. Just come on. <laughs> <laughs> and she joined the choir for like a few months. And then she was like, oh, yeah, wow. sit down. <laughs> oh, wow. At least she did it, though. A lot of people won't even do it. 
Right, right. So I didn't know how much like these things bothered her. So then that's what kind of put the fuel into my weight loss journey. You know, mm. I was like, you know what? I'm doing it for us. I'm doing it for the both of us. So she could look down on me and be like, uh, one of us got it. You know what I mean? We always did everything together anyway. So why not? Word, word. Yo, shout out to you. Shout out to you. But uh, it's, it's great to see you again, as always. You snuck into one of my interviews. Shout out to Lily May. Yo, I was <laughs> thinking about it. <laughs> that was so crazy. Like, I was literally in the bathroom doing my makeup. And she, we was we was about to go somewhere. She was like, oh, I got to do this interview before we go out. I was like, all right, do your thing. I'll go do my makeup or whatever. And I hear your voice. And I come out the bathroom, but I was like, is that correct? I was like, that's the conversation you about? I was like, no, nah, that's my brother. That's my bro-. I was like, tell him Dre in the cold said hi. <laughs> <laughs> that's real love, y'all. Wow. I want to ask you a question because by listening to your music over time and through time, through our introduction, I seem to believe that R&B is becoming a dead genre. That's just my personal belief because realism and real stories are, are not being told. It seems to be more of a meme and caption-filled genre now. I'm not saying there's people who don't do it. I'm just saying it's not highlighted as the language of love anymore. It's not highlighted as how to get over something or get through something. It's mainly used now as a side piece to hip-hop. Do you right. feel the same way? And how does your music either show your belief or disbelief in that statement? I feel the same way. Um, I think we had a similar discussion like this before. It was like, um, I remember being younger, I could turn on the radio and I could practice what I hear on the radio to hone my skill of singing. It was, it was challenging. It was, um, it helped me put emotion in it because there was emotion in the music. There's no emotion in the music anymore. You know, I, I even for me, even in hip hop, it's losing something. You know, hip hop was about telling your story and, and um, letting people know where you was from, what you was about, and this, that, other. Now it's just, I don't know, it's just feeling like a lot of gibberish most <laughs> Um, a lot of meaningless I mean it's catchy but it was a lot of meaningless phrases thrown together to, to do whatever so I, I do believe that R&B is losing some of its heart you know um, yeah it's, just, it's in a weird place right now and I'm hoping to save it from its extinction. <laughs> At least the emotion of it, you know, because I write from emotion. I write from what I'm going through. I, I write from what is happening to me. I, I feel like when you write something, when you music, poetry, whatever, you're supposed to tell a story. You're supposed to tell a coherent story. Definitely. Definitely. And so I just hope that, you know, we get back to that. And I feel like R&B is received from um, other 
people. races of people that don't look like <laughs> us. And they say what Stephanie Mill said. <laughs> people and I'm, this is this receipt from us. Mm-hmm. You can't tell me if you ever listened to Bruno Mars' full album. You can't tell me he ain't doing R and B and those be his. Oh my gosh. Anyway, yeah, no, it's that. received more from other people than it is from us, which is wow, crazy. Now, like me, me and Career have had this discussion before, man. Do Do you think R and B is even being played on the radio, like real R and B? Not much. Not much. I don't. I don't even know like what the radio. I'm in Atlanta now. I don't even know what the radio stations are out here because I just listen to my playlist <laughs> that I put together myself. <laughs> but in New York, yeah. it seems like the only way you're gonna get any piece of real R&B is if you th- throw on BLS. Yeah, either BLS or they got a throwback station now. That's they do. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Ninety-four point seven. Ninety-four Yeah, yeah. Oh, see, I know that. Yeah. Yeah, pay us for the sponsorships yeah. since we shot a job out. Anyway. Word, word. <laughs> I got another one for you. Yeah, I'll shoot this other one at. Um, like when did you know that you had the gift? Like what was your first music experience and, and when did you know that you had it? Like that you would get out there and rock the crowd like that. Honestly, I'm I'm still surprised. Like when I get worried, I'm like, if people are gonna receive me, and I get surprised when they do. I'm grateful when they do, but I get surprised because I'll be like, you know, especially now with how music has changed. But the first time I realized that I can affect people with my voice was in church. I was 11 years old, and I was in the children's choir. And at this point, I've never sung a solo anywhere or anything of that nature. Right. I just love music. Sang in my shower, sang in my room. I just love music. Yeah. Um, there was a solo. It was given to me and two other girls. Right. And, you know, small church in Coney Island. We had to pass the mic to each other for our parts. <laughs> and... The other two girls, I don't know, they was in cahoots not to pass the mic to me to my part. Mm. They just wanted to keep passing it to each other in front of the congregation. Wow. Right. So my anger side got activated. (laughs) And Uh I was like, I'm just going to sing to the top of my lungs because this is my part. Mm. And this is what's going to happen. So I just started singing as loud as I can. And I actually ended up being louder than the girl on the mic. Mm-hmm. And the congregation went bananas. <laughs> went bananas. What? I was just mad. <laughs> <laughs> they took it as the spirit. Okay. <laughs> I was just mad. So you hear a bunch of sang, baby, sang. <laughs> you got it, baby. You know, I was told, "Oh, you so anointed," and oh, this, that, yeah. other. Because afterwards, I went in the bathroom and cried. Actually, I went in the bathroom and cried because I was like, "Why would they try to embarrass me like that in front of the church?" Like, I went in the bathroom. I was eleven. I went in the yeah. bathroom and cried while I'm in the bathroom crying. All these older women are like, "Oh, baby, you are so anointed. You are so." Anointed. I'm like, "Y'all yeah, see what just happened?" 
think I even threatened one of the girls like afterwards when we was all eating. Oh, <laughs> but you do this again, I'm gonna cut your ass. Hallelujah. <laughs> 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 when I think back on it, I'm like, you know, that was that was the moment that I really, because with everybody's reaction, I was like, well, maybe, you know, I can sing in front of people or whatever. And that was my first time having that kind of experience. Yeah, I should saw. Right. So like you say you still got get surprised when people react to what they do to your music. Like, do you ever get you still get the butterflies? You get nervous on stage before you before that music drop, before you start doing your thing? I get nervous like right before. Yeah. Like if if a, a promoter or whoever put the show together comes to me, they like you're next. That's when I'm like, oh, okay, let me breathe. Before that, I'm cool as a cucumber. I'm like, hey, how y'all doing? Hey, you know, as soon as they say you next, I'm like, good uh, Okay. <laughs> but then once I get the first note out, yeah, it, it all goes away. Yeah, yeah. Because I see a lot of performances, man. Like you, it's like nothing. You just in there and you and you doing your thing. So I figured like. Like I used to do like talent shows back in the day. I used to get that feel too. Like, who? You know what I mean? Like before you right. there, but it, it's like, you know, it's like when you said once you get out there, then you get the mic in your hand, then you start flowing, it's like it flows away. Right. I see you doing your thing, man. It's, it's thank crazy. you. Yeah. yeah. Thank you. You know what? A question. Um, how was it since you talk about being on stage and performing there? How was it the first time you got into the studio? And record it because now there's nobody looking at you, it's only you and the mic. How was that first experience? Well, my first experience in the studio uh was in high school, and I was in the studio with, with friends, like so you know, did the girl group thing or whatever, and I was in the group. Um, one of no, them, no, 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 I mean by yourself, oh, by myself. By yourself, yes. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's what I'm, I want to hear. I'm trying to think of that. It was so long ago. I'm trying to think of that day. Uh, first time in the studio by myself. Mm -hmm. I realized how much of a mm. perfectionist I was. Oh, okay. How many takes did the first take need it? It needed a few, and it wasn't because the engineer, anybody was like, oh, do that over. It was, I was like, nah, I don't like that. Do it again. <laughs> nah, I don't like that. Do it again. And they like, you sure? I'm going to hold on to this take just in case. I'll be like, no need to hold on to it because I'm going to do it better. Just do it again. <laughs> <laughs> but, um... Yeah, I don't know. I don't really remember much about that day except for being extremely tired because I had well, and and I still do do all my backgrounds. Okay, you know all the backgrounds, all the harmonies, trying to figure out all the notes because you can't really figure out the notes until you get one note down, and then you figure out what the next note should be or whatever. So, so I could get it sounding how it was sounding in my head. Mm -hmm. So I just remember like being extremely tired and I was like, I need background singers. I still ain't got none. 
<laughs> no, that's, that's the way I do it. That's interesting. How does a singer find background singers, and how how do you search for that? That's that's very deep that you said that. I don't know because I ain't got none. <laughs> <laughs> when you find out, come tell me. Well, who will be in charge of that? Really, I'm 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 kind of confused with that because you know, hip hop. All you gotta do is just say, "Hey, ah, er." <laughs> you know what I'm saying? That's it. But then think about like think about some of like the greatest songs with with harmony in it. How do you like 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 who's really in charge of finding those people who sound and blend well with you to bring right. out, to help bring out your sound and not overhype themselves in the back? Like how do you have no idea? Like since you don't have none, like you just I have no idea. I just figure people with a a, a team. They hold auditions and they figure it out. Yeah. Yeah, that that's that's what I got for you. Some of the greatest singers. <laughs> but some of the I greatest singers started out as background singers, right? Huh? Some of the um greatest singers started off as background singers, right? Yeah. Who Luther mm-hmm. used to be, uh, everybody like Luther. Shout out to fat ass Luther who's dead. But who was who did he background sing for? Um Y'all know? Was it I, know he, I know he was uh, a part of a group. I, everybody think Never Too Much was a Luther song, but he was it, it was under another name. Um, I know he sang background for a lot of people. Whitney Houston sang background too. Mariah Carey sang background too. Brandy. Lisa Fisher. She Lisa sang Fisher background sang for background for Luther. Luther. Right, right, right. 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 Oh, so she had uh, all the hosts who's not on. We like to give a special shout out to Nika Ladine and her mom. You know, love, you know, take care of family. Love is very important and special to us at the end in the RB family, Heritage Hip Hop. So you want to say may blessings come upon Nika and her mom. And she uh-huh. said, find it um as a perfectionist, finding background singers is hard. And, mm-hmm. I, and, and I understand that because you have to marry the sound. Right. And you talked about marrying the sound before, but I want to ask you this. Because I, I want to dig deep into, like, they, 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 they're going to talk to you about music, but I want to dig deep into your philosophy because listening to your music for years, I know there's something more to you than what you sing for and what you sing about. And one thing being like, I, I'm, the, I'm the mental person of the show. I want to ask you this. We live in a society where love is dying in conversation. We have people on the internet talking about high value men, High value women and how nobody's getting together. But strangely, children are being born every year. I don't understand that myself. And we also have people who talk about what is a man, what is a woman, what is this? Everybody's so quick to define who they are that they're forgetting about the love and the respect of society. When you sing about these things, does is the reaction of the crowd from you a yes, this is what we need, or is it like that conversation is good, but the world around us is so crazy, in your opinion. Well, when you think about what I think about, everybody's more like, yes, this, I've been there, I know. Because um, my, my biggest tunes is about the fallout of love. And even about being <laughs> in love is my biggest tunes are of the fallout of love. Um. But I will say, 
when I do sing songs like Homecoming, um, people say it makes them reminisce, which is sad because it makes them think back is nothing, it's not current. You know, I do believe love is lost because it's not presented out there like how it used to be. Like um, growing up, our TV shows reflected love. Our music reflected love. Um, that's just, we're so flooded with negativity on a regular that the love is fading. Everybody, when they talk about relationships, love is the last thing that they speak about. They speak mm -hmm. about what the person has, um, what the person do, what they don't do. Nobody says that they want somebody to love them. They just want somebody with money that will do X, Y, Z for them. Uh -huh. I said that to um the woman in my family. I said, if you tell somebody you love them, no, if somebody tells you that they love you, ask them why. Don't say it back. And if the first thing they say is something that you do for them, that means they're elevating because you're serving them and they're not appreciating who you are, right? Uh -huh. And society seems to be so effed up that appreciation doesn't seem to be the main thing that we share anymore. We don't even have a common enemy. We're getting attacked on all sides. So what do you think is music's purpose to a society that's at war all the time who doesn't even know that it, it needs peace to escape the war during the day or the night? I think music is like a time capsule. Music reflects what's going on at the time. Um, so with that being said, it's like the, the music is reflecting what, what's going on now. The only way to change the music is to change the people. Because <clears throat> the music is actually reflecting what's going on. It's, love didn't disappear because it disappeared out of the music. It disappeared out of the people. Uh. And so they're not singing about it anymore. That's deep. So, you know, it's people that's writing the music. It's people that's writing the lyrics. You know? So until you change the people, you're not really going to be able to change the music. The love has to be there in order for them to put it out there. Nah, let's pick up. I mean, I understand where you're going from there, but like, do you like music inspires as well? Do you think music can inspire people to get together to, to um, you know, to stop the drama and sit down and, and love each other for them, and not for what you give them, or just to, just to get together as as a unity? Period. Yeah, I think it can do that. Absolutely, I think it can absolutely do that. Music is an amazing thing, right. and it can absolutely inspire people to do better. Like back in the days, that's, that's what they used to sing about. Marvin Gaye, what's going on? Like mm -hmm. try yeah. to spark something into people, but it was sparked in him to put that message out. Right. You know what I'm saying? So it's like some something have, has to spark with these people. This 
this generation is so desensitized yes. on everything. Like there's there's a lack of remorse, there's a lack of empathy, there's a lack of sympathy. There's no regard for life, you know. You see a group of teenagers cursing on the corner. If if a old person or older person come by, they don't stop. They don't stop. I had somebody say I had somebody say to me, they was like, I know that you're a good mom. And I was like, How you know that? And he said, Because your son was outside with his friends, the older one was outside with his friends. And she said from down the street, she could hear all the filth flowing, 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 filth come down. But as soon as he saw her and caught eye contact, he was like, nah, she she go to my church. We gotta calm that down. And that doesn't happen anymore. That does these kids is crazy. Yeah. yeah, that's a form of showing respect right there. You're right about that. Right. And people don't have that respect when when somebody could wake up in the morning and say that they go and go rob a church, or if somebody mm-hmm. could wake up in the morning and and go beat up an old lady for her pocketbook. Like there's yeah. so much missing, and it's like because we get inundated with all these images of we can do whatever we want because we feel like it. Mm-hmm. There's yeah, no self. Different. There's no self discipline. There we go. There's no self discipline. <laughs> yeah. Well, I, I, I got a question for you. Since you said you know the love left the people, what would you suggest to get the love back into the people? That's a good question. I feel like everything starts at home. I don't know, maybe that's the old school in me. I feel mm-hmm. like everything starts at home. Um, and then you have you as a parent, I know it's easy to get caught up in um working and providing and this, that, and the other, and you, you forget about the nurturing and the loving and you know, a lot of kids, they have their parents there, but they kind of out there for self because the parents, they, they're working, they're doing this, they're doing that, and uh-huh. the kids got to fend for themselves because, you know, mama got to work a double. Or, you know, or dad has two, three jobs or whatever. And I think that if, um, I don't know how to do it, but I think if the world got back to family and loving on each other, it would start reflecting in all air, all other areas. Mm. I got well, two well, questions for you. I'm sorry. Okay. You want to do another one? I'm sorry. Good. Um. Yeah. What What was your earlier influences? You know, to give us the product that we have here today. Who are your influences, and what was like? What was it like for you early on? Well, as far as musically, just personally. Oh, just personally. Um. Early, my influence is my mom, but single mom, you know, uh, my dad was in the streets, in and out of jail, on drugs, this, that, and the other. They were teenage parents. So she was 16, he was 17 when I came about. And um, I could say my mom understood the assignment. Mm. My mom understood the assignment. And I I didn't want for nothing. 
I didn't have to look for nothing. And she just told me anything that I concentrate on and put my mind to, I can absolutely do. And I go by that to this day. If I put my mind to it enough, I'll absolutely do it. Wow. Um, and then my family was so close when I was growing up. It was after church on Sunday, we go to Aunt Cookie House for uh, dinner. Um, uh, fish fries once a month, card games, uh, family reunions every year. Uh, um, we had a family club where we did smaller events to make money for the family reunion at the end of the year. We had oh, Western dope. dances. We had all kind of stuff happening just so that we had enough money to pull off the family reunion at the end of the year. Wow. Every summer, I went to South Carolina and I stayed with my Aunt Judy and my Uncle Ronnie for the summer. From the time that I got out of school until it was time for me to come back to school. Um, okay. I stayed with them in South Carolina. That's how I learned. What part of South Carolina? Greenville. Okay. All right. I got family mm -hmm. in Charleston. All right. Go ahead. In Greenville, South Carolina. And my family is originally from Wilmington, North Carolina. My mom was the first one born in New York. Oh, wow. So I grew up with the Chitterlings. I grew up with the Hogmaws. I grew up <laughs> if you go to my aunt cookie house and she tells you that there's no pork in the greens, don't believe her. Run the other way. If you're not down with having pork on your fork because she will lie to you. <laughs> <laughs> she like, I cook it, you gonna eat it. <laughs> right. Right. Um, so that's the family structure I grew up with. My my aunt Cookie and my uncle David has been married for I think it's like fifty six years now. Wow, that's 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 amazing. That's amazing. Her. My aunt Bookie and uncle, she okay. She gonna kill me. Erase uh -oh. the boogie. My aunt Lois, she told me I had to stop calling her boogie. I don't know how to. Yeah, yeah, it's all good. She, she want her government now. I don't know how to do uh, that, so I'm gonna just apologize. I'm sorry, Aunt Boogie. I, I'm trying. And you did it again. And I did it again. Oh, Boogie, she did it again. You can't wait till I get grown and want to change. You should have said this when I was like five. <laughs> 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 now we in too deep right now. I don't know what to do. But <laughs> my uncle John, they was married for like thirty something years. Is before he passed, you know, and it's, it's just this. This is what I've seen. This is what I know. And we loved on each other. We loved on each other. And my grandma was the glue. She she really was the glue. And it was it's when she passed that it seemed like uh -huh. things slowly dissipated. Uh -huh. But for me, that foundation is still there. All right. Well, let's change the direction of the um. Uh, an interview because we got somber, we got sad, we got hopeful, we got family. But I want to get to the heart of why you here. Brooklyn is everywhere, as you know. Building. <laughs> Let me ask you this question: What was the culture shock of performing in Brooklyn to performing in Atlanta? How did it change you? Uh, the culture shock is the. The level of more support, less competition. Mm -hmm. I'm sorry, but in 
I I don't know if it's because everybody is doing the same thing or whatever, but people are very competitive in New York and not as forthright to support. I come out here and there's like, well, I was coming to Atlanta performing before I moved here. I was doing a lot of back and forth, even during quarantine, because Atlanta didn't know what quarantine was. I'm sorry, they didn't know yeah. what quarantine was. I heard and about that. Was, yeah, and I came out for a couple of shows. <laughs> and I was like, oh Lord, I'm free. I'm free for a couple of days. <laughs> I know for a couple of days. <laughs> but um but um yeah, it's just like people are so accessible in Atlanta, like people of a certain stature, you could you could bump into people anywhere and they're willing to talk to you. And they're willing to, you know, drop jewels on you and just like a normal person. In New York, they're behind the velvet rope. You can't talk to them right now. They're not taking no pictures. They're not doing no this. They're not doing no that. They just here to collect whatever check they collected and then they're going to be out. That's one of the big differences that I see. There, there's people that's doing phenomenal things that I have met them before I even moved out here. And then I come out here to one of their events and I'm like, they ain't going to remember me. And then they be like, yo, Drea, what's good? And we like, son, <laughs> what's good? <laughs> like, come, you going to come sit over here with me? I show sure is. Let's go. <laughs> Uh, you know, I mean, in New York, don't get me wrong. In New York, I get mad love in New York. I get mad love in New York. Just stuff with like the celebrities and with some of the other people is it's just more competitive. And I really feel like whatever's meant for you is meant for you. Can't nobody take it away. So I don't feel like I'm in competition with anybody because what is meant for me is already written. I'm going to get that regardless. I don't care if you get yours first. Kudos. I hope your your when your cup runs over, it runs on to me. No doubt. When I see people around me elevating, that means that I'm I'm in the vicinity. You know what I'm saying? Nobody around me is elevating. I'm in the wrong place. True, true, true. I got a question. So what was a jewel that somebody dropped on you that you could share with us? Somebody, he he's no longer here. He was a promoter that I used to do with all the time, Sweet Jones. And he told me, he said, don't be so quick to, like, jump to the next single or jump to the next song or jump to the next thing. Give your song time to breathe. Mm-hmm. He was like, you're independent. You don't have the push that other that the major artists have where they could just keep popping out singles, popping out singles, popping out singles. He was like, you have to build, build on your single. If you keep releasing stuff and don't have nobody to release it to, because you're not building on one, on one song long enough. He was like, people ain't paying attention. You got to let it breathe, let it breathe. As I don't drop singles, Back to back to back to back. 
My last single I dropped was in July. Before that, the single before that was in November. Okay. You know, I don't drop singles back, but I try to let it breathe, give it as much promotion as I can. Like my latest single, I'm out. I'm actually going to re-release it because I just signed a distribution deal with It's Gorgeous Music. Congratulations. And thank you. So I'm actually going to re-release it through It's Gorgeous so it could get the push that it didn't get while I had it on my own because it's a it's a fire record. If I do say so myself. And you got that push now. And now you got that push. I got that push now. So they be like, go, go ahead, Dre. Get your, go ahead, Dre. Right. <laughs> and I even, I even re-released some of the singles off of musical therapy recently just because this, my old Instagram got hacked. So I got a whole bunch of new people who's really not familiar with musical therapy. Right. So I get to know me. Word. All right. So now we see, well, we talked about the um, inspiration behind musical therapy. Now, um, when you start on your next project, like, what do you think the inspiration will be behind that one? I think I think it's gonna be more of because you know I've been in Heartbreak Hotel City for a while. Mm. Um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, because, well, like I said, musical therapy was about my ex husband, and mm. then. Um, I turn around and I release I'm out and I'm out was about a relationship that I had after my marriage, which was actually a little worse. Um, Damn. So I think um, my next full project is going to be more about life after. You know, you don't have to stay in that place forever and you don't have to dwell on it too long. There is a life after. And it's going to be more about that life after. Now, who the um, like who who are the musical inspirations behind your album? Musical inspirations. Hmm. I think I keep the same musical inspiration. Well, probably because I only listen to my own playlist. But words <laughs> <laughs> got Got this by yeah. yourself. Yeah. Got to get your numbers up. So hey, you know, man. I mean, shoot. And not and not to say my playlist is only of me, but like I listen to the same people over and <laughs> over. Like I'm I'm big on nineties hip hop and R and B. My inspirations yeah. is the Marys, the Keisha Coles. If there's anybody of this era that's an inspiration, is um. Like Ella May, her. Um, I like Doja Cat because she's very versatile. Um, I like Doja too. Yeah, she's she's very versatile. Like I got into a discussion with somebody. It was like, is she a singer? She a rapper? I was like, why can't she be? Right. Why can't she just do it? All? Right. Why you got to be put in the box? Stop putting baby in the corner. Yeah, Lauren Hill did it. Don't want to get body by Did it. Missy Elliott did it. Definitely. Why can't Doja do it? Yeah. Your body um, by singing, nigga. <laughs> and, you know, and that's why I tell people, like, I'm a singer with a rapper spirit because when the song, I'm out. Yeah. A rapper probably could come through. And, I do a lot of cussing, but a rapper could come through <laughs> on on that song and probably do those lyrics as a rapper. 
Word, I word. just do it melodic, melodically. Melodically, yeah. <laughs> got you, got you, got you. I got a question for you. Who do you feel you would match perfectly to do a collab album with? Okay. Heritage Hip Hop. <laughs> well, you go ahead. <laughs> that too. But if I had to pick a person, or, or, it gotta be it gotta be my girl Mary. It gotta oh. be Mary J. Okay, outside I, of Mary, because you've been saying Mary the whole interview. Let anybody, somebody I else besides Mary. To her so much, like I would be remiss if I didn't say that. Like I get compared to her so much that now in Atlanta, I'm the Mary J of Atlanta. Oh like, wow! I thought I was going to get a different response, yeah. but no. <laughs> In New York, uh, in New York, I was Little Mary Kim because you know wow. that whole rapper spirit. So they had to throw Little Kim in there for some reason. Little, Little Mary Kim, and now Little I'm Mary Kim. J of Atlanta. I can't get away from it. Oh, what'd they call you now? It what? Down huh? Atlanta? Huh? What they call you? What they call you in Atlanta? The Mary J of Atlanta. The Mary J of Atlanta. Mary J Blige of Atlanta. Little Kim Mary. <laughs> Little Mary Kim. 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 Okay. I do the colorful hair. Yeah. You, you might get 16 bars in one of my songs every once in a while. You know, so I got turned into a Little Mary Kim. They said if Biggie, Mary J. Blige, and Little Kim had a baby, it'd be me. Little Mary K. Yeah. What would be your dream collab with a male? Artists, because I see like you know when Avant and Kiki White get together, they make magic. Like who will be your mm-hmm. dream, who will be your dream duet with a male artist? Like which one would you like to work? A with? Dream duet, Neo, Usher, mm-hmm. hell, Bruno Mars. My son turned me into a Bruno Mars fan. That yeah. young, that little one, wow, turned me into a Bruno Mars fan. I didn't know. He put me on, and I'm like, <gasps> um, Uptown Funk. My favorite song on it is so called uh, Too Hard to Say Goodbye. Mm. That song, my son gets sick of me playing. I play it over and over. And over. It's so RB. It's so RB. And you don't get that from nobody. And it's it's just so good. Uh, it's RB, but it's good RB. It's just so good. Oh my gosh. Uh, um, anyway, that on the male side, yeah. Maybe Tank. I opened up for Tank once. He's a cool. Really? Okay. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, nice. I opened up for Tank for New Year's Eve. I think it was going from 2018 into 2019 at okay. New Year's Eve. Mm-hmm. That's dope. And he yeah, was for COVID. Fight before COVID. I'm glad yeah. I got that one in, though. I got that one in, though. And everybody was that's my plan yeah. every year. For yeah, if I bring that asses to, we gonna put them up there. Right, <laughs> right. My son was drinking um, 
cranberry juice out of a glass. I was like, don't get too comfortable <laughs> trying to make it. That, that, that drink is red, red. Ain't nothing. <laughs> <laughs> Little man fell asleep in the corner by like 1030. <laughs> I woke him up when the, when the ball dropped. I was like, happy new year. He's like, mm -hmm, and pulled his coat open to see <laughs> <laughs> Shout out to my God. That's my guy right there. AKA the bodyguard. That's my dude. Yeah, everybody calls him security. I told him, I'm, I'm going to get you a shirt. This is hey, look, check this out. Ms. Nicole, we're going to touch on some other topics, but we have some segments in our show that mm -hmm. we would like for you to be a part of. Okay. And one of the segments that we're going to do, how should we do it? You pick. Do you want to hear some wasted potential or do you want somebody to set the mood? What, what do you want? Set the mood? All right. So we have a segment on our show <laughs> where we talk about special aromas and certain songs that this set the mood. With this gentleman right here. This guy. He, he's has, do he, has, he has the remedy for people who want to smell good, impress somebody, mm -hmm. and throw their ankles in the air. So... Mr. Johnson, <laughs> we want you to talk about what's going on with the, a mood setter. So, ADR, Big A, would you please set the mood for the people for this show? No problem. This week, we've got Ralph Lorenz, Ralph's Club, uh, Cologne for Men. This is a very high standard cologne. It has keynotes of vetiver, lavadin. Patrulli and Cardamon. This right here is definitely one of those uh, high standard smells. When you when you wear this, you will get noticed. You will get noticed. This is not cheap, but it's worth the penny. This is definitely worth the penny. It's not going to dig in your pockets like some of the other exclusives I've shown in the past, but it's definitely worth every penny. And the song I have to go with this right here to show the sexiness of this. It's a song by Ari Lennox, and the song is called Grandpa. If you know the song, you know the scent, or if you know the scent, and you know the song, you know what type of mood we're setting right down. So uh -oh. check that out. Oh, oh, yes, yeah, uh oh, yeah, this is definitely a uh oh. This is one of uh oh. This, this, yeah, yeah. This is this is what I, uh, in the fragrance community, call a panty dropper. Oh, so question. Yeah. What's um, up? I'm somewhere with somebody very special. Shout out okay. to Rock. And okay. I have I have the grand, that granddad smell on that you talk about you you put on. And oh, this is not a I, no 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 no. Let me clear you up, sir. This is not a granddad smell. This is yeah 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 yeah. You yeah. I think the I song see you in the is morning. called Granddad. It's only the... Oh, the song. Yeah, the song. That's the, yeah, the song is called Granddad. Yes, this okay. is Ralph Ralph Lewin's, Uh, it's called Ralph's Club. That's the name of the clone. Ralph's Ralph's Club. Ralph's Club. Yeah. Okay, so I'm putting that on and I want to stimulate some panty gravy. What Dre and Nicole song am I going to put on that's going to um, help me get my neck sucked on very softly? Okay, uh, neck gets sucked on softly. Um, you know what? I, I would go with, with the last track on Music Therapy. Girl like me, the music, the beautiful bully mix. 
something like that. That that will get that. That, that that's the up tempo groove. When you yeah. hear it, you feel it. Yeah, it's one of those. One of those right there. That's uh, you want to check that out. Have a couple sprays of this with a little bit of that. Have that playing in the background. You ain't got to have it loud. It's background music, but it's good vibe music. And uh, this is going to have a good night vibe, too. Miss Nicole, I want to ask you a question. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't expecting that, did you? <laughs> I didn't expect this to say girl like me. I like it. I like it. And you know, Karev, you inspired the beautiful bully part. You was the first person to call me a beautiful bully. <laughs> hey, that's what it's all about. <laughs> 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 you know Tell the story behind that before I ask my question. That's deep. <laughs> How that happened? <laughs> what the beautiful bully part? All that. Um. Well, on the song, this uh, the song "Girl Like Me" was actually written by a guy. <laughs> That's the one song on the album I did not write. No, <laughs> I did not write completely. So, um, there's a guy off me the UFO, awesome singer, songwriter. You could look him up or whatever. I've been officially abducted into his world. Um. He had his song, Guy Like Me, and we both was on um, A-Train Music at the time. And we used to have these meetings every two weeks where we would debut new songs and we would get everybody's feedback on the song. So he debuted Guy Like Me, and I'm listening to the words, and I'm like, you know, you change up a couple of words, that sounds like something Dre and Nicole would be singing. So I approached him after the meeting, and I was like, okay, you just need to give me the song. Let me switch up a couple of words here and there. I was like, I'm going to come up with my own rhyme. And yeah, you need like, just give me a song. And he was like, I'm going to think about it. I guess this is where the beautiful bully comes in. <laughs> he tells everybody I thugged him out of the <laughs> Sounds like a thug. Sounds like a beautiful thug. Like he just rolled up on me at the elevator was like, that's my song. <laughs> 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 but yeah, so like a couple of weeks later, he called me on my phone. He was like, you can have it. He was like, I'm still going to come out with my version. I was like, all right, you be guy like me. I be girl like me. One day we'll hit the stage together and sing both our versions. It's all That'd coming. be dope. That'd be dope. That'd be dope. Word. That'd be I was dope. like, just as long as I get to have it now, you know, whatever, whatever you want right now. So, um, yeah. And so I just changed up a couple of the words to make it more feminine and that's how girl like me was born um that last interview that i did with heritage hip-hop that's on youtube now where little man did his little cameo in it that was the first time you called me a beautiful bully because you was like you fight but you're cute like you're like you're a beautiful bully <laughs> so since that kind of coincides with how I got girl like me, we got girl like me, the beautiful bully mix. <laughs> and history has been made. Wow. History has been made. I appreciate that. <laughs> but here's my question I have for you. You set the mood with your voice and with your style. How did you come up with your style? And I don't mean how you sing. I'm talking mm -hmm. about I'm talking about the lashes. I'm talking about the shades where you know, they're under your eyes and they highlight your eyes and your outfit. How did you put your mom entrepreneur on where not only were your mom 
and you, you know you're hustling with the music, but you also have fashion and other things to round out not only your style in music, but your style as a woman and as a hustler as well. Honestly, you know, people ask me about my style all the time. I just wear what I like, <laughs> buy what I like, and a lot of times an idea will come to me in a dream of what to put on. Like, I think about what's in my closet and I think about what I could throw together. Um, I have no rhyme or reason. I get an idea. Mm -hmm. I do look at, a, a, you know, I'm an online shopper now, so I'm always shopping in my phone and I do see a lot of different things and I might not see a use for it now, but I'll be like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to use it one day. <laughs> I'm gonna get this now, and I'm gonna use this one day. I got stuff in my closet that I just started wearing that I probably bought like two years ago. Wow! It just the inspiration got to hit me to get it, and like the glasses with the I think you talk about my rhinestone glasses. I love, yes, I love those. Yes, I love them too. And I thought they was dope because I get to wear my longest lashes and don't have to worry about them hitting the lens. Like, this was my whole thought process behind getting these glasses. I could have cute glasses-looking things without having to worry about a lens and wear my longest lashes. Wow. There was no, oh, I think this is going to be a, a big thing. But when I wear those glasses everywhere I go, they get so much attention. And I'm like... Because you set the mood. That's style. Like, one thing, only thing I think artists take for granted style speaks just as loud as your talent because mm -hmm. when you make a presentation and you present yourself genuinely there's something about you someone will always remember someone's going to always remember you for your clothes someone's always going to remember you for your voice someone's will remember your first impression and if you're an artist if your song really is good or bad they're going to remember that shit right. so i give you i gave you a lot of credit because where some people are too scared to be themselves you not only You've only been yourself, but you're manufactured something that makes you live and perceive more than the music because you're styling other people. And people are jealous and they're biting you. So, I mean, as a as a trendsetter, how does that feel? I'm a trendsetter? Yeah. Word. Uh, word. <laughs> word. <laughs> you didn't know? You know, because it's not like it's anything I'm, I set out to do. You know, I kind of been this way before people was looking at me. Even like I said, my mom always dressed to the nines everywhere that she went. Like this, this is how I was raised. This is what you do. You're supposed to be put together. You're supposed to have clean underwear when you leave the house because you don't know what's going to happen when you leave the house. Like these. You don't want to get into a car accident and, and they got to take your clothes off and you got on dirty drawers. <laughs> like, Why are they stripping you in a car accident? <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. You have to ask my grandmama on that one because she said that one. She said you don't want to get into a car accident and they have to take your clothes off and you got on dirty underclothes. <laughs> Woo, boy. I, grandma. I love um, grandma. Grandma is the best. But Miss <laughs> So you have to ask her. But even my, my grandma just or not like the the women in my family they put it on they That's put right. it on so i this is just 
how I am. <laughs> and we My choreographer, it. TikTok, he's like, you look like an artist everywhere you go. I'm like, that's, what do you mean? Yes, that's true. Yes. I'm like, what do you mean? I'm like, I'm going to the store right now. I got on a t-shirt and some stress pants. He's like, I know, but you look like an artist doing it. <laughs> like, okay. <laughs> nah, you shine. You shine when you do your thing. Well, support. Salute well to the, thank you salute to the people who support because at the end of the day, that's what we want. We want you to support the art, the great artists, and not only that, buy their music. We don't want you to rent their music. You know what I'm saying? But we also have another segment I would like for you to take part in called "Wasted Potential" by this gentleman right here. So Nas the Romantic, please take us there. Got you. So you said one of your dream duets will be with Neil. Yes. And I'm gonna give you Neil. All right. Off his 2006 debut album, In My Own Words, track number seven is called "Sign Me Up." Sign me up. Mm-hmm. Now this is the track right here that you up there. You spent your game to to basically a boss lady, like the one we about <laughs> show today. All right. He tells her, you're a millionaire's wife, well above mistress. You know what I mean? He said, when he comes at her, he comes correct. So, for some reason, this song never got, I, I never heard it on the radio. The most I've seen of it being on video was a live performance, an AOL performance on YouTube. Mm. Um, Dope-ass track, fast joint, club banger to me. You know, sign me up by Neo. Nice. Yeah. All right, so let's take it back to Miss Nicole. But first, before we do that, Nas, yes, as an independent artist, a lot of independent artists have songs that you would like and you would like to have the world to hear. If you had to introduce Dre and Nicole to the world, what one song would you pick and what would you want them to appreciate her from? Hmm. That's kind of hard. So I got like four. I'll give all four. All right, I got um Homecoming. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I got disclaimer. Classic. I got he don't know. Classic. And girl like me. And I believe in that. Now for the simple fact that you guys in the radio world ain't pick these joints up and play them on your stations yet is an atrocity. Mm-hmm. They suck. <laughs> you see her in the performances. Truly. You see her in the plays. Love it. You got all her music. I do. She's not playing it on the radio. Shame on you. What's mm-hmm. going on? What's going on? Like uh girl like me, girl like me, that's that's that you better come correct type joint. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Disclaimer. I think disclaimer to me would be the answer back to sign me up. Mm. So yeah, you, you know, you, you give me the disclaimer, all right, cool, sign me up. <laughs> and there's a video for disclaimer too. Word, word. And um there you go. So you got the video, put the damn song on the radio. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> and there it is. Hey, hey, like all like usually I'm like a they call me the slow jam man. I love a good ballad, but like those are so like but well aside from homecoming, those are like so like up tempo and catchy. Like I couldn't like those are the ones I had on repeat. But I listened to music, those are like those are the four I had on repeat. Like the um disclaimer, he don't know a girl like me, those are like the up tempo drinks I had on repeat, like yo, yo, yo those are the jams right there. And the homecoming was like, yeah, I think man, that's what I want when I come home. Feel me? Like, take care of me. Love it, <laughs> love it. 
And, and fun fact about homecoming, the stage play that um, I'm a part of, mm -hmm. left me standing at the altar. Um, homecoming has been incorporated into the stage play. Nice. We're I actually sing that. it. I, I sing it to my husband in the play. Nice. Oh, that's dope. That's dope. Talk I about wish. your acting then, and how the music has been incorporated, and how that helps grow you as an artist. Um, the acting, the acting is so much fun. It's fun to be somebody else for a little while. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So, like, currently, um, in the stage play, left me standing at the altar by Schaefer Harrington. Um. I'm also on a web series starting from scratch. Um, that's with Chon City uh, Films, Chon City TV Films. Um, and, oh God. Oh, and the TV show Addicted to Shoes, the Kevin Townley thing that I kind of touched on earlier. Um, yeah, acting is, acting is great. Like, I'm actually starting to get paid for acting. I'm oh, shit. I'm going, like, Go ahead. Um, vocal cord, thespian. <laughs> <laughs> of course, the musicals are fun. Like, the stage play, the musicals are always going to be fun because I love musicals. Like, my video for Disclaimer was based off of Grease. That's my favorite movie of all time. Believe it or not. Oh, I love Grease. Man, I'm one of those people. I could I could be cleaning my house and Grease would be on the TV and I could recite it word for word without even looking at the screen. Like yeah. I am that person when it comes to Grease. I'm that annoying. <laughs> I love yeah, I uh, the one that I love at the end. <laughs> yes. So if you look at my video disclaimer. The first look in the video, that's Sandy one. And the second look in the video where I got oh, the leather jacket and everything, yeah, that's Sandy yeah, that's two. Sandy two. Sandy and two. And it's based in Coney Island, a carnival. Oh, that's slick. That's clever. I like that. I like yes. that. Yes. Everybody who, who knows me knows me. They was like, you, you had to do Grease. Your dad going to skip your ass. <laughs> yes, I did. Yes, I did. <laughs> I was one of those people that ran out and bought the 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 25th anniversary DVD and Oh, I got on DVD so I can't front. <laughs> right, right. They like, but you know the movie already, so now I can put it on when I'm ready to put it on. <laughs> it's a classic. It's a classic. You know what? I got a question for you. Since you're speaking about Greece, we both love Greece. Mm -hmm. What was the first musical on stage that you seen that you weren't a part of that you liked? The first musical that I seen on stage. Well, you think I'll tell you mine. Mine was Showboat. I went to go uh, in a high school uh, trip, went to New York, and we got to see Showboat, and I loved it. Mm -hmm. so I went. To, I've seen more than one play, but Showboat was the play that like it stuck here, and I was like, yo, I loved that. Came out, started singing the songs. It was like, you remember that that quick? I was like, yo, that was a good, that was a good ass show. Like, I loved it. Right. And my, my, I was a part of chorus in high school, so that was our trip. So that was one of those things. So what was the? That was my experience. What was your experience? Mama, I want to sing. Oh, you saw that on stage? I did. That yeah, is, I saw that as a kid with my I, mom. Yeah, I was, I was a kid. I know I'm dating myself. I was a kid, but Mama, I want to sing. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, now, how was how impact was that for you? What it what impression did it leave on you? It it left a huge impression because like in the, in the um in the beginning of the play, the girl was like my age at the time. It it showed her as a little girl, mm-hmm. so it just kind of just reinforced that I can do anything if I just put my mind to it. Spirit, you know, it just reinforced that for me. And as, as as far as like just musicals in general, like my my mom, she was big on musicals, so like she loved My Fair Lady and West Side Story and things like that. Like these are the things that I grew up on. So you throw some singing and some acting and some, I'm here for it. <laughs> I'm here for it. Rent, Dream Girls, Cadillac oh, Records. Wow. You throw some acting and singing, I'm here for it. There's some classic movies you just named. Yeah, yeah, or Dream Girls. Yeah, they that's that's some class, some classic movies. Yeah, those are movies that stop me in my tracks. Like, I might have somewhere to go, but if it's on the TV, it's like a crapshoot. Like, if I'm really, I'm really gonna sit here and finish watching this right now. It's late, you know, and I get mad. I'd be like, why they gonna put this on today? I got stuff to do. Like, what other genres of music do you like? I like rock. Mm-hmm. I like country. Dope. Yeah. Pop. What's your favorite rock Gospel. song? Gospel. Hmm? What's your favorite rock song? My favorite rock Okay, I got two. Pour Some Sugar on Me and Def Leppard. Oh, a little wild one, huh? And Into the Sandman. Oh, everybody loves that. Everybody loves that's that. I see that's Nas' song. That was remember, yeah, yeah. Beer, beer man and all that. <laughs> Yo, I don't know what it is about that song, but like the first time I heard it, um, a friend of mine, her name uh, her name is Dana. She played it. We was in her house, and I was in the back, and she was like, "I'm gonna go put on some music." I, I was in the bathroom or something like that. And I came out, I was like, what is this? <laughs> what is this? And I think we played it like 10 times in a row. Yeah, the way your head started just, bombing just shit. Going around, just going around her, her mom's apartment like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> you know, you kind of like me, because I'll, like, I'll, I'll just be walking around the house. I had a YouTube playing. If something catches my ear, I'm like, I'm on it. Like it was, yeah. a song, it was a song by a clean bandit called Rather mm. Be. You know that joint? It Mm-mm. was like it just happened like it, it comes in with like a vibe the way the violins were playing in the beginning, and then and then it comes in with like the kind of like techno beat. Like it just caught mm. I love the song. So you kind of like me. I kind of miss the um because I don't have cable no more. I kind of miss like the old cable stations where it just played music all day. Up, and that's how you will find like different artists and stuff like that. Like I right all the time. Right. Like, and so- I love um not to sound cliche because I mean I think that a lot of people will say this song, but Bohemian Rhapsody, I really oh I really love I love Queen. Mm. I really love Queen, but I do love that's Bohemian Rhapsody. That was the first song that made me think about listening to more songs from Queen. Mm. And there's an R&B version by this group called The Braids of Bohemian Rhapsody. 
that I used to sing all the time. I was like, you may be you mean Rhapsody RB. You're speaking my language right now. Yeah. I think you're speaking um, my heart right now. I think Bobby Love by, by Black Street. That's um a remake from the Beatles, ain't it? Mm-hmm. Yeah. That um that's the only one I know. That's the only <laughs> one. Yo, my first but, introduction. Bohemian Rhapsody was such an unorthodox song. Yeah. It does not finish the way that it started at all. <laughs> at mm. all. But when you slow it down and listen to the lyrics, I swear I think about I think about a man who just got arrested and he's singing like this love letter to his mom. He's like, mama, I just killed a man, put a gun against his head, pull my trigger, now he's dead. Mama, life has just begun. And now I'm going and throwing all away. It's like he's apologizing mm-hmm. for the choices that he made. Mm-hmm. It's like a whole scenario. Yeah. I wasn't getting that on the original version. On the original version, it was just fun. Yeah. <laughs> Or when you slowed them lyrics down, I was like, uh, got a chance to really listen to them. Like, uh. I was like, oh snap! Yeah, it's the same thing with um, I will survive. Oh wow! Everybody dance around to the Gloria Gaynor version, which is an amazing version. Don't get me wrong, but that Shantae Savage when she slowed the words down, it's different. Yeah, completely. I sing it at karaoke all the time. It's different completely. <laughs> That's deep. Y'all teaching me stuff because I never listened to Bohemian Rhapsody a day in my life. So really? To it. No, I never listened to it. Never heard oh, it. Yo. What you looking at the big guy? No, I never I never listened. I never listened to it. I know of this song, but I never heard really? of the song. Yeah, like, she's I've like never, I've never, I've never seen the Matrix. I, I, it's like, yeah, no, you gotta listen to the lyric. Listen to the lyrics, though, because yeah. like she's saying, like he he's describing something, but people get caught up in the emotion of the song and the the music. Yeah, and the nah, 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 of the yeah. song because the song was very theatrical. Yeah, it's, it's, no, it starts off as a ballad before it turns right. to a rock song, and, and he's then, like singing oh, and God. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. This is Y'all gonna make me turn on my <laughs> <laughs> like, understand it's the fact that you never really listened to it. I'm like, oh man, school is in session. Like, dude. They they oh. VH1 they, they actually had a list and they had it as the top one number one song, rock song, because it had a it had the mixture of a lot of things. Of a ballad, a rock song, the strong melodies because you had the guitar melodies toward the end, and the opera in the air. They they literally had an opera in the middle of the song. In the middle of the song, they had an opera in it. I was like, yo, and it fit. Everything fit. Everything fit from the beginning to the end. You're not mad at it. It puts you through so many emotions, but you're not mad at it. Yo, shout out to Wayne's World who took that. And made a damn movie of because they did such a good job on Saturday Night Live. That segment ended up becoming an actual movie yeah. because of that song. Yep, yeah. right. literally because of that song. It's literally be, only because of that song. That's how powerful that song was. Is well, I'm gonna move on from that because obviously I don't know nothing about it. Oh, man. I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask this question. We're gonna fade off in a little bit, but I want to ask this question. Me and Nas had a um, conversation earlier. And we talked about um Nas, you can help me out with this. We talked about the, the, the age of the TV sitcom and how we had songs. 
right. that, that that went with the TV shows. Right. I want to ask you this. Oh this, yeah, we this, were... this is me just um asking a question. If I wanted to remake Living Single and put you in the show, who would you cast to be in there with, in the show with you? And would you sing the theme song? Who would I cast to be in the show with me? Yeah, who you gonna play? Who gonna be, be there to. with you? <laughs> Child be over there. Just because you like skinny nigga. Just because you like skinny nigga. Yo, over there is funny as hell, yo. As far as who I would play, yep. I'm I'm torn between Khadijah and Regine. Only because I feel like I'm a mix of both <laughs> in a way. As far as because with regime with like the fashion uh-huh. and the hair and the makeup and all that stuff, but then I'm more like Khadijah because you might get punched in your face if you say the wrong thing. <laughs> <laughs> and the, the whole entrepreneurial thing, you know, I kind of relate to both characters. I still watch that show on a regular TV. <laughs> they be running like marathons. So do I. Let's watch it. Um, let's see. If see, it's it's personal people that I will put in the um in the Who's other world. You want to celebrities or well, like, whoever you want is your dream. Okay, Kyle Barker. I think I will put. I think I will put off me, off me the UFO. I think I will put him as Kyle Barker. He he just has he has that smoothness about him, a smooth voice as well. I think he would fit well in that um role. Um, Sinclair, I will put my friend on. She's been she's been my closest friend since I was eleven. Her. She she was my bestie to the left of me, and the one that passed was the bestie to the right of me. Like they they were my sounding boards or whatever. And you know she's still here, and she is Sinclair. She is Sinclair. She's the one to rub your back and go woo 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 woo. Be okay. Woo 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 woo. Um, Maxine. Mm. Hmm. I need time to think about this. Uh, <laughs> who would be Maxine? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Fee. The one that passed. but She was a little more thugged out than that. She had a lot of Maxine-like qualities. Oh, my friend Rosetta, she could be Maxine. Because she's slim, dark skinned, and like to eat. And she's a boss. <laughs> in her own and she's a boss in her own right. So, yeah, Rosetta would probably be Maxine. Because I, I could see Rosetta running for office and this and other, but she also come over, sit on your couch, and eat all your food. Yep. She would be Maxine. Um, Overton. That man up there said he wanted to be Overton. 
So he wants to be in your show. Hi, you got it. You got over to it. <laughs> I'm talking about. <laughs> I just want to be Kyle. Let me be Kyle Barker. That's all. Just let me be Kyle Barker. I ain't got the deep voice, but baby, I got the class. <laughs> and I'm gonna watch. I love it. <laughs> so let's let's let's. let's and I would on. definitely sing the theme song. Or. Let's go on the high note, though. Um, Nas, why don't you go first? Why don't you go give give Dre what, what, what you want to give us as far as what's your song of the week and something you want her to answer? Okay, song of the week. Yeah. That's it. Uh, well, song of the week is going to be disclaimer. You already knew that because that was like the answer back. Well, yeah, it's kind of back the back and forth between disclaimer and sign me up. So, you know, she's gonna come at you with uh the disclaimer, and like I said, I'm gonna be like, I could dig that. Sign me up. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. So uh, disclaimer, <laughs> that's my song for the week. Um, <laughs> my last question for you is, um, okay, as a parent, I was I used to listen to this song by Music Soul Child called Mother Father, and mm-hmm. one of the lyrics said. I guess his followers say if you threw enough on the wall, something was bound to rub off. So um I can see you now, you throwing it on the wall with with your with your examples through your hustle, through your drive, um, and everything else that you do. What 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 would you want to rub off on your children? Perseverance. I hope they see that. Um endurance. Because they they see me go through a lot, but I didn't let it break me. And being black men in America, they're gonna go through a lot. Definitely. And I don't want it to break them. Right. Mm. I don't. Right. Want, you know, certain things to just define them. You are you, mm-hmm. and don't let nobody tell you you can't. Because you can. Definitely. Shout out to you as a mom. I didn't want to interrupt you, but I love that answer. Thank you. Because one thing I tell you, as a teacher in the school system, there are a lot of ladies. I'm going to talk about the mom side right now. There's a lot of women I've seen who... There's a big big thing that they, they say like black men don't participate in their families and we have a lot of men that are participating in their families and mm-hmm. we have a lot of moms who go that extra effort to make sure that their children are there but even some of them check out too so for you to keep your children in your answer and be very cognizant of who they are in this world not just men in the world i appreciate you for that answer thank you so much for that you're welcome. And, you know, and, and shout out to their dads. My kids are 10 years apart. They have um, two separate dads, but both of their dads present. Their dads speak to each other. Um, and like I said, my son, he's with his dad now. The little guy, he's with his dad now. So shout out to them. Thanks for being a good support system. And you know, still being there after the storm. My ex-husband, he wasn't a good husband, but I'm, I will never take anything away from him as a father. Salute, salute, salute. 
Hey, your turn. Song of the week. Last question. Okay, my song of the week, unlike what my pre- predecessors were, is actually the R&B song. It's gonna be an R&B song. Its actual title is Valentine off Ryan Leslie's self-titled album, Ryan Leslie, track number five, came out back in 2000, 2009. And this will actually also be my wasted potential because I don't believe this is this is something that should have been on the radio um, because as we, we started the conversation about not love being in the music or in the people anymore, this song speaks generally about love. Um, since we start off with love, that's enough with love. You know, I asked you, you know, how could we get love back in people? You said you don't know. And I didn't have an answer either. I thought you might have a direction as to where, where we can go to start that off. But my actual last question is, what's your favorite love ballad that's not for Mary J. Blige? Oh. Um, my favorite love. Oh, there's so many. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. I know. Oh, yes. Okay. And you have a diversity, diversity, diversity in your your eclectic sound that you like to listen to. So I'd like, I'd love to know what's your favorite R&B song. Not by Mary J. Blige, though. No, no, I, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> there's other people on my playlist. I promise. Uh, all right. <laughs> um, I I right now it, it has me in such a chokehold. Like I gotta give it to Bruno Mars. Too hard to say goodbye. <laughs> I'm in such a chokehold oh. for this song. This and this song has had me in a chokehold for like the past two three years already. <laughs> I freaking love this song. Why? What, what is it about the song? That has your essence in it. Have you heard it? Um, it's just That's essence. It's, it's, it's just the musicality of it. The you could feel the the emotion through it. It's it's everything that R and B used to be, and the fact that it came out not too long ago is just amazeballs to me. <laughs> sell this song. Come on, you got sell this to somebody who's never heard the song before. Oh, I'm a bully. Like, go hear the song. No, I'm just like, no. Oh, <laughs> See her essence is coming out. <laughs> no, if you like good singing, because it's the singing, it's the arrangement, it's the yeah. everything. Like that song was just masterfully put together. And what's it called again? Too hard to say goodbye. By who? Bruno Mars. All right. Mm, fuck Bruno Mars. <laughs> <laughs> this gray in the cold interview. I don't give a damn about Bruno Mars. He's doing his thing. I want to salute this young lady right here. So I'm going to give my song of the week. My song of the week is He Don't Know by Dre and Nicole for the simple fact when I shoot my movie. 
I'm gonna have a scene in that movie with that song playing, and somebody's gonna be like, "What the hell? What, what's that song? Is it on the soundtrack?" Because that song is dope. I like the passion in it. I like the tempo of the song. Most songs today have horrible tempos. Mm. I like the pacing of that song. I like the fact that you can actually learn the song and keep up with it and enjoy <laughs> the song. You know what I'm saying? And Musical Therapy has always been an album that I like. Me getting to know you, I love that. I, I, I love you as a person. Thank you for sharing. Your Thank son you. Your son is yeah. funny. That's my guy. <laughs> I do. <laughs> You know what I'm saying? Shout out to Show Off who actually introduced us. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, and seeing you mature as an artist, I call you a mom patronor because you never separate your art and your art from your parenting. You you live every aspect and every every facet of your life. So my last question is this: What part of your life perfectly explains you in all aspects of your life? <clears throat> I'm complicated. Um, <laughs> what part of my life explains me in all aspects of my life? <laughs> the face you made. <laughs> I. I kind of want to say my creativity. How, how so? Because that's, that's how I, that's what I use to express things in my life. But it's not always my creativity that I'm using to express what's going on in my life. Um, that is a good question. Music in general kind of explains me because it's it's how a lot of music just explains how I think, how I am, how I feel. I don't know. I guess my kids will be the best reflection of me. They have my oldest, like I said, he's a creative. So he picked up on that aspect of me. That's definitely a reflection of me. Um, the younger one is a creative, more artsy. Like he'll customize your sneakers and customize wrestlers. He got like wrestler body parts all over the place. Um, they are a reflection of me. When I talk to them now, as they get older, when I talk to them now, I'll be like, oh my God. They're like little mini me, <laughs> yeah. and and my oldest son, you know, he lives on his own now. He's in he stayed in New York, and he calls me all the time, and he's like, "Ma, I I, I see what you was talking about now." I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, <laughs> that life is coming back around. You thought you had all the answers, <laughs> yeah." You ain't so got the answer, Sway. Sorry. Right. So I guess if any any aspect of my life is a reflection of me and explains me, it'll it'll be them. Uh, I respect that highly. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you for joining us on ANN and RB with the fabulous Dre and Nicole. 
whose album and songs are out right now. Us at and in the R&B and Heritage Hip Hop do not believe in streaming. We believe in owning your music because if the internet ever shut down and you can't use this shit right here, you don't have your music. If you're renting it, somebody can always take it away. We say her music is worth having. She's a fabulous person to get to know. So make sure you go see her at the stage, please. Please plug your plug your play now. Left me standing at the altar. We're going to be doing another showing um, June 11th. Yesterday, we just did Uptown Comedy Corner, ATL, which is a big spot. And we was the first stage play to ever show there. We were the first one. So I feel like a pioneer right now. You are. There you go. Breaking, you got it. <laughs> Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> yes. And also, um, not only musical therapy, but I have a single, Are You Ready? I have a single, I'm Out. Um, check those out as well. Are You Ready is my song that I wrote during quarantine because I was ready to be out, ready to be back in the club <laughs> singing, ready to get dressed up for something. And so I wrote a song about it. <laughs> Like the here, here go. <laughs> like the here, here go. <laughs> I'm out. Like I said, that was about another breakup. Wrote a song about it. Like the here, here go. Um, addicted to shoes. That's gonna be coming soon. Started from scratch. Um, you can still catch me. You could catch the episodes of Force to Sin that I was on. That's another web series. Is on Tubi now, so you could catch me playing a social worker on there. Um. And there's just more to come. There's just more to come from Dre and Nicole. I'm not ready to shut up yet. Um, yeah. Watch my journey through It's Gorgeous Music. We about to do some things. All right. Well, make sure you follow her at her social media, which you see under her name right there on the screen. I yep. like to say, before we get out of here, though, I got to plug one thing. Heritage Hip Hop will be at TNL Talk 101, May 6, 8 p.m. to 11 p.m. Come see me and my peoples. And even though y'all got a nasty little Jedi picture right there, I'm a nice looking guy. Come see me. <laughs> ask some questions. Ask some questions. Ask some questions to meet the people that's going to talk about marketing versus promotion. Get your questions. Hey, they they're going to keep going while I'm talking. Damn you. But <laughs> have your questions answered when it comes to your art and talents. We'll be taking you to the next level. Sponsored by True and Living Presents with Seti P, Mini Devon, and of course, your man right here, Karev, of Heritage Hip Hop. And, um, before we get out of here, once again, thank you for coming to the show. I appreciate talking to you as always. We have to talk more because I do have a project for you if you don't mind. Okay. Shout out to Stan Ipkiss and Stress on the beats. So, Nas, you the man. Take us out. Appreciate appreciate, man. Man, I had a fun interview with you, Dre Nicole. That was, that was, it was dope, man. Love having you on the show. Thank you. Yes. Um, and she's dope. Put it out there. Always. And she's dope. Like we said before. And she's a bully. And she's dope. <laughs> <laughs> she's dope in every way. Dre yes. Nicole's a beautiful bully. <laughs> yeah. On the beautiful. All right. Yes. Now, this is Anon on R&B, right? Parent Station, Heritage Hip Hop. Where there is Heritage Hip Hop, there's Anon on R&B. Where is Heritage Hip Hop at? Heritage Hip Hop is on 
YouTube, Facebook, Spotify, anywhere where there's social media and your favorite streaming platforms, there is Heritage Hip Hop. There's Heritage Hip Hop. Once again, there is Ain't No R&B. Once again, we thank you. Love the input. Glad you enjoyed the show. Drain the cold, a beautiful bully. Thank you for being with us today. Until next time, we'll be thinking of you. Peace. And I like being bullied. (laughs) (laughs) You freak. Thank you for listening to this presentation of the ANN R&B podcast brought to you by HeritageHipHop.com. We ask that you subscribe to HeritageHipHop.com to not miss any of our content. And if you like the content that you hear, please subscribe on all our social medias and please donate to our movement. Our cash app is dollar sign Heritage Hip Hop and our PayPal is Heritage Hip Hop. We thank you for listening. We thank you for your time. We thank Dre and Nicole for joining our show. And more importantly, we like to thank you not only for giving us your time, but join us. We ask that you join us in a blessing upon Nika Ladine's mom. Mom, may you rest well and may the R&B conversation with Hip Hop Soul continue and honor you and everyone else who listens. May the most high bless everybody.